So I take the bus to work, right? And when you get in line for the bus, there's these like sections, dividers, where people can form like a centipede kind of a thing, you know, like a millipede, whatever, the ca- caterpillar, sorry. Cat- the game, the caterpillar, like a snake. And people, they stand up and they fucking line up around this. And the funny thing is about people, man, if they, that's designed for a group of people, like a large group of people, like 70 people need to fit into this one hallway. So obviously people don't understand that they, the best way to fit is in a single file curled like a snake. So they have to have fucking dividers that's set up there to tell them this is how you're supposed to do this. Right. So people are so like set in their ways that even if there's 10 people at the gate and you don't need to use the dividers, they still go and they do the motions. Jerry Seinfeld made a joke about this at the bank. You know, and he said the same thing at the bank, at the airport, anywhere, really. So the other day I was getting on the bus and there were like, I want to say like 30 people. So it was about half. It was enough people to fill up the centipede, but that's it. Like there was no, there's not like an extra line of people that have to go into the centipede still. Like that was the end all be all. And I was the next person in line. So as the people in front of me continued to walk up and down this hallway for no reason, absolutely no reason, because it wasn't packed. There wasn't people that were bottling up at the end. It was just because it was there. I stopped. I stopped at the beginning of the centipede or the snake, whatever, the dividers. And I didn't, I refused to go up and down because with my unicycle, it's a pain in the dick. And just what the fuck, you know, common sense. But so people behind me, the person, the person behind me directly was this kid. He was probably about a little bit younger, probably late twenties. Um, Hispanic works in a restaurant. Um, and he, he originally was like, he looked at me like, what are you doing? Go ahead. And I, I looked at him and then the person behind him was begging him, was urging him to go, which is why he urged me to go. And I looked at him and the, and the older lady behind him. And I said, I have an idea. Hang on. And then people behind that lady started like getting all antsy and fussy because the centipede is empty and there's people here. Why the fuck aren't we filling up the centipede? What's going on? It does not compute. So I said a little bit louder. I said, I have an idea. Hang on a second. Just hang on. And then as people decided to stop and listen to me for two seconds, they started to realize what was going on. And the person, like four people behind, like a younger person was explaining to an older person why I was stopped. She said that he doesn't want to go through the line. He's just going to wait for the people to meet up. And then the person said something along the lines of like, but we're not going to, we're going to get on the, he's taking up time. Like he's wasting time. And she said, no, he's not really wasting time because he's just waiting for his spot on the line to come up in front of him. And then he's going to go. There's no reason for him to go up and down the centipede because it's still going to be the same amount of time because he's going to be behind the person. If anything, whatever, you know what I mean? And then the, then the kid behind me goes, it's a good idea. And I was like, thanks, man. He's like, I usually, I hate being, doing the sardine thing. And I explained myself to him a little further than I should have, but whatever. The point is, is like, that's the thing. It's people don't ever think outside the box to the point of something as simple as 10 people at a fucking line and they still use the centipede. Guys, wake up. Thank God these people weren't argumentative. Because I do this every day. I, every day. I, I go on, to, if I take the bus and there's people there, every day I wait. I'm not going to do this. It's fucking stupid. And you should see people sometimes. These, this was a group, this was a bunch, this was a listening bunch. So they, they took advice and they, they understood what I'm doing and they, they, they followed suit, so to speak. I, because I forced them to. I've literally blocked the way out and then they let them through. There's been people before that pushed me out of the way <clears throat> to go up and down the centipede. And all I would do is wait for that person to come up where the centipede was and I cut in front of them. 
And they looked at me like, oh, weird, like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, you were behind me and you pushed me out of the way. So I'm pushing you out of the way now, bitch. <laughs> like, it's still my spot, motherfucker. It doesn't matter if I went up. So what are you telling me? I, I lose my spot in line because I failed to, I refused to walk 25 paces. Fuck you, you know? And I told the kid too, I was like, sometimes people cut me off and I just cut them right back. Because <laughs> it's stupid. I think it's dumb. People are so set in their ways that they don't, they refuse to see another version of it and even if it's blatantly screaming them in the face they still they, they sometimes they defy it they go against the common sense knowing full well that it's common sense just because that's the way they've been doing it right so they asked dimitri to make onion rings the other day guess what dimitri did found out a new way to make fucking onion rings yes that's what i do that's my job my job is to change and change for the better and granted when i change not every time i change it's for the better so then you have to change again back to where it was before. I feel, I feel, feel like a good algorithm for life is to do what you want, do what you think is right. And if you get shot down, do the same thing again. If you get shut down twice, then rethink it. Because oftentimes the people next to you and the people around you are going to tell you that that's not the right way to do it. Meanwhile, all you have to do is step two inches more to the left. And you would have realized that had you have done it again and not listened to anybody else. Fuck them. They don't know shit. 25 people on the other on the bus line yesterday thought I was an idiot. Meanwhile, they're idiots. You know what I mean? And that's 25 against one. If you have the balls to stand up to 25 people and tell them all that they're idiots, then you could have reaped the benefits of not being the idiot and them being the idiots. You know what I mean? So, like, they're set, set in their ways. And people try to tell them, people try to do things a different way and... And they don't. And the reason is, is because it's upbringing. It's the past, right? So everyone, everyone is different in the way of morals, how they were brought, their virtues, what's good, what's bad for them. And what they do is they tend to hold people accountable for their own life. But the worst part about it is not that, is that they don't realize that they're doing it. So if you, somebody tells them like, hey, why are you being so aggressive with me in this particular topic? Like I didn't do anything or say anything to, to condone this. And they don't see it. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, perf- I'm perfectly fine. You're the one that's in the wrong. Meanwhile, common sense would suggest otherwise because they don't see that part of it because that's, how the, that's, that's what they know to be the standard. Okay? So that's to me too. That's everyone. You expect things from people not understanding and not putting yourself in their shoes and maybe like reevaluating the situation from an outside perspective. So onion rings. How did, what did I do? The way we make our onion rings, lovely, lovely onion rings, is we got to cut onions... And we gotta fry them, right? The problem with the onions and cutting them is we have to cut them thick. And I don't know if you know what an onion is, it like sticks together very much because it dries, because an onion is wet like a, like a vegetable. All vegetables are wet because they like water. So when you take them out of the soil and you cut off their hydration supply, they become drier. And drier means stickier, means closer together, means everything is not as fluid as it was before. So what does that mean for us? That means when we have to cut the fucking onion, if it's not wet, which it is on the inside, but not on the outside, it sticks together because it's dehydrated to a, port, to, a, to a percent. Onions retain their water for a long time. However, they do hydrate. I mean dehydrate, sorry. So I don't remember where I learned this, and I'm 99% sure I learned this tactic at this very restaurant, but like 10 years ago with a different prep crew working. Because something just told me, because the guy asked me to make onion rings for him. I said, sure, but I was already cutting beef. So I needed a couple of minutes. So I said, yeah, sure, I got it. As soon as I'm done with this, 
I'll do your onion rings. And he's like, hurry up because I don't have any orders at all. And he knows how long it takes to make onion rings because it's a fucking pain in the ass. Because the problem is the onions stick together when you have to break them apart. You can't break the onion ring. You have to keep it intact. But you have to take it off the fucking onion. So you have to cut the onion first, then separate the rings. It's, this really is a pain in the ass. Unless you think like an onion. I guess. Or, or, or a normal person. Or if you think like Dimitri. Right? So... <laughs> So I took the onions and I immediately put them into hot water from the faucet in a big bus tub. Unpeeled just the way they are, boom, right in the water. And four or five people walked by and looked at them and they looked at me like, again, with the same look they always give me, like, what the fuck is he doing? He's crazy. What is this? I think that the guy that asked me, Mr. Villa, to make onion rings for him, I think he understood what I was doing because he looked at it, he assessed the situation, and he didn't look at me and say anything. He just walked by. Like, he's the guy that asked me to make them, and here they are soaking in water, and I'm cutting beef. So he knows I'm doing something, but he's like, okay, let's see where this goes. And even Bobby walked by, and he, he also saw it, but he didn't say anything. So I'm like, okay, so sure enough, you know, the onions in the hot water for about 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and they become pliable. So the onions, they rehydrate, especially with hot water, because hot, you know, hot opens everything up, opens all the pores, opens all of the uh, whateverness, science, and they get all malleable pliable because they're warm and now they're filled with water so what happens when something's pliable it doesn't break as easily right so then i cut the onions the way you're supposed to cut them before i separated them and i put them back into hot water because now the hot water is going to get into the flesh of the onion and it's going to separate the inner layers more easy lubrication right so i cut the onions and sure enough much to my avail as soon as I started making the onion rings, it was easy peasy, lemon squeezy. They practically fell out of the thing by themselves. There's no breakage. There was nothing. They were just beautiful onion rings. Mr. Via, of course, had to make a comment about my cutting and how it could have been more straight. But I think he got the picture because afterwards I asked him, I was like, you saw how I made the onion rings, right? And he goes, yeah, I did. I was like, okay, good. He goes, even the, even the so-and-so makes it better than you. I was like, okay, cool, bro. Thanks, dude. I just want to make sure that you saw the method so that when you have to do it and I'm not here, it'll be easier for you. You know, and then Bobby is the only one that actually admitted that it was, he was like, why'd you do that? And I was like, yeah, I don't remember what told me to do that. And it's true. I don't, I'm pretty sure it was this restaurant though, but whatever that, you know, it makes sense. And he goes, and that's what he said. He goes, it makes perfect sense. Of course. Duh. Why wouldn't I think of that? And he goes, the guy that usually makes the onion rings, um, what do we call him? I think we call him Frodo. He's like, Frodo's going to love you. And I was like, I hope so, but I'm pretty sure Frodo knows. And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure he just cuts them. And I was like, well, if that's the case, then he's definitely going to love me. All right, there's a difference between what makes a chef and a cook. And honestly, the difference is that little element of change. Is let me change this to see if it's going to be better if I do change it. Okay, like for example, let's say you're making a sauce. Let's say you're making a a salsa verde, right? Which is a green sauce with tomatillos. Um, jalapenos, onions, garlic, cilantro, something for tacos, okay? Tacos, say you're making a salsa of any kind. It doesn't have to be green. It can be just whatever, right? And the recipe calls for charring the vegetables and then putting them into a bowl, peeling the peppers, yada, 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 right? So you don't get the peels there. And then putting all the vegetables with vinegar, lime juice, a little bit of sugar, salt, into a blender and blending the whole shit, right? So it's going to be one consistency. So maybe a chef didn't have time one day maybe a chef just said let me try something else or whatever it is that sparked the element of change let's say he didn't blend the sauce right 
Now this is where it came for me. I thought about blending the sauce, but then I said, you know what? Let me try not blending it and see what happens. And what happened was pretty miraculous. It's marvelous. And it's so simple, which often things that are miraculous are simple. It did really make a big change. So now when you blend the sauce, right? You have all those flavors of vegetables, the char, the acidity, the sweetness from a little bit of sugar, all that jazz together in one container. And then you blend it all, so it makes it all uniform. So all those flavors, they spread out evenly throughout the mass of sauce. So when a guest or yourself tastes the sauce, they're gonna get all those flavors at the same time. Amazing. What does that do to the sauce itself? What does, actually a better question is, what does not blending do that blending doesn't do? Okay, all right. What that is, is keep the person interested. What do you mean? Keep the person interested, keep them wanting more. What happens when you blend a sauce, everything is the same. So all the flavors are there, but they're there with every single bite. Every single bite of that sauce is gonna taste like the bite before. And you know that the next bite is gonna taste just like the bite you just had and the bite before, which if it's good, it's good. But if it's okay, eh. And even if it's good, after 35,000 bites, you're not gonna be this good anymore because it's gonna be the same fucking bite. But when you don't blend it, what happens is one bite, you get a little bit more of the jalapeno. The next bite, you get a little bit less of the jalapeno, more of the char. The next bite, you get some more of the sweetness from the onion and cilantro from the freshness and not so much jalapeno and then so on and so forth. So when a guest is eating a sauce that's not blended, he's not getting all the flavors at the same time. Although he is in terms of like the overall aspect of it, obviously, but every single bite will be different than the bite before, which leaves the guest curious. So if you do like the sauce and you took the first bite and you know, you're like, wow, this is great. And you take another bite and it's a little spicier than the first one. Like, Ooh, that's a spicy one. Ah, I better not do that again. So you like avoid the pepper for the next bite. You know, so now you're playing with your food, which is in this case is a good thing because it keeps them coming back. It keeps them wanting more. They don't know what's going to happen next. So they want to keep going. And it's all about blending the sauce. One step of the recipe could completely change the recipe, obviously. But in this case, this is why. And somebody would never think about it like that because they'd be like, Wow, I never, you know, some of you probably are listening to this and being like, oh shit, that's really, that's true. It is true, 100%, which is why some sauces are blended and some sauces are not blended, which is why being a saucier in a restaurant is pretty much the most important position other than chef and sous chef. That's how, that's the progression of events. The sous chef usually is the saucier, but, and, you know, that's the hierarchy of the kitchen because the saucier controls the whole dish. It ties everything together. So if you fuck up the sauce, no matter how good the protein and veg is, you fucked up the dish. And if your sauce is amazing and the dish is fucked up, you could save it with your sauce. It's everything, right? So what I'm trying to say is, is that the way to be better in life for you, for them, for anyone, is to open the element of change. And by doing that, you open the possibility of becoming better. And the only way for you to open the element of change is to do things that you're not comfortable with because you don't change what you're comfortable with. Why would you? You're comfortable with it. Because if you get too comfortable, you're fucked and you walk in the centipede up and down the goddamn bus line in front of the guy in the unicycle. You know what I mean? I love you.